0: Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Marvellous. Um, I've been thinking about, about the New Year. New Year will do that to you. Um, and in many ways, last Wednesday was just 24 hours after last Tuesday. Um, in many ways, this Sunday is just like seven days after last Sunday. But there is something different, actually, at the start of January, isn't there? Where somehow it doesn't just feel like 24 hours after last Tuesday, New Year's Day. It doesn't feel just like seven days after um, last Sunday today, um, which is partly to do with like that thing between Christmas and New Year, you don't know what day it is for like a whole week and you you sort of vaguely know it might be the 27th but you can't remember where you're meant to be and it's partly to do with like Christmas and maybe seeing people, partly to do with annual leave and um, having time off School, partly to do. Anyone got um, a paper and calendar? Anyone still using a paper calendar in their house? There are what four hands going up? Six hands? Oh, it's a few more. Okay, the more people admit to it, the more people admit to it. That's nice. And um, there is something about turning over. Well, not even turning over. Like opening a new paper calendar, unless you work on an academic year. Um, an opportunity to look forward, like a whole new year. So sort of we can see a viewpoint almost, like you can see the whole of the year ahead of you in a way that somehow turning the Page on the old diary to the new diary doesn't make it possible. Um, I find a whole year quite difficult to look at. I can barely manage like a week at a time most of the time. Um, we, we do our as to shop, this is very like glamorous life I lead. We do our as to shop online on a Thursday night and it arrives on a Friday. So every Thursday night I look a week ahead and we did it this Thursday having had a couple of weeks off and I was like, no, don't make me. I don't want to think about routine and morning alarms and how I'm going to try and make people eat things they don't want to eat in this house and you know all those kind of things like that. I'm just not quite ready for it. Actually today, connecting with God and connecting with you lot today has really helped. Um, but I don't know whether we find it easy to look ahead at a whole year, whether we find it difficult to head look ahead at a whole year. Some of us are probably planning one week at a time like me. Um, my little brother, Uh, is getting married in five weeks' time, which is very exciting. Pretty strange, because I'm pretty sure he's actually seven, still, I don't know, older siblings in the room, like, he's actually 27, it turns out, I just did some maths earlier, I was like, oh no, 27, not seven, fine. Okay, but in my head he's still seven, he's actually 27, he's actually a doctor, he really is a proper grown-up. he's getting married in five weeks. Um, But after their wedding, they're gonna pack all their belongings into a storage unit, they're actually lending us some of their board games, which is very exciting that we're allowed to look after, Um, because they're going away for six months traveling. Um, some of you will have done similar things to this, maybe not six months, maybe three or four weeks. Um, And I think we all have slightly different approaches to like going on a long journey, looking a long way ahead. Some of us like to have every day absolutely planned out. I went on holiday with some friends when I was at, um, I was probably about 20, 21. And my friend Mike had organized this trip and we were going to Greece. Now, my friend Mike is like a massive ancient Greek history Nut, basically. Um, they do exist. And I basically planned the entire itinerary. Like, we knew exactly what we were doing every day for 10 days. It was great. All I had to do was, like, get up in the morning and, like, do what Mike told me to do. It was marvellous. I learned loads about ancient Greece. I went to lots of beautiful places. It was lovely. Some of us are a bit like that. We like to have every day planned out, all ready to go. Um, some of us might plan roughly. You know, you might work out if you're going travelling, what, what country you're going to be in at which time. You might book a few flights, might book a bit of accommodation and some of us this is probably where I'm at not with going traveling but with my life generally is that we plan to plan so like I put a plan in place for maybe a couple of days but then I put a plan in place for the next time I'm gonna plan the next bit and I sort of work like a little bit at a time Um, We're at the start of a new year. We might have different approaches to the new year, just like different approaches to traveling on a journey, Um, whether you're super all over it planning or whether you just sort of take it a day at a time. I don't know where you're at with that. But my hope for us today, we're going to have a little think about journeying through 2020. And my hope is that we're really encouraged that however we approach 2020, however we approach a new year, however we approach something that maybe feels like a long journey to the end of that paper calendar, turning over all those months, um, that God is with us. God is with us in it, however we approach it. We're going to look at a journey in the Bible um, as we think about our journey through 2020. Um, little hands up. Who's still got their Christmas decorations up at home? Okay. Now, Keep your hands up, just keep your hands up a sec. Keep your hands up if that's an intentional choice rather than you just haven't bothered to take them down yet. Okay, so this half of the room is still feeling a little bit Christmassy. Great. This half of the room. Oh, there's a couple. Okay, there's a couple. All right, yeah, yeah. Okay, there's one down here, uh, hanging on to Christmas. Right. Lots of you are going to find this story a little bit too Christmasy, but it's okay because Christians across the world for hundreds and hundreds of years been looking at that story on the first week of January. So don't worry. Um, so after Jesus was born, round the back of an inn um, with the animals in Bethlehem at Christmas, probably about two years after. Um, that's sort of what the, the Bible gives a hint at. Um, when all the angels have gone back to where they came from, all the shepherds have gone back to where they came from, um, the wise men came to find it. We kind of bundle it all together in the nativity story so we see the whole picture. But today we're going to have a little think about the wise men and their journey. They came from a long way away and it was a long old journey and God was with them in the journey. So we're going to read the whole thing. Matthew chapter 2, 1 to 12 we're going up to. Oh, I might open my Bible, that might help. Um, So after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, that's the Roman um, king of the region, magi or wise men from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and we have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. He was not expecting a new king of the Jews, I suspect. And all Jerusalem with him, they were disturbed as well. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, so that's the Jewish leaders, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied. For this is what the prophet has written. And then they quote from Micah, which is an Old Testament prophet, someone who um, heard God's word and wrote it down so people could could read it back to themselves later on, like us and like these um, Jewish leaders. So verse 6. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. Spoiler, that is actually not what he's planning to do. Um, Moving on. After they heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So they're on a journey, and they're looking for God. They're looking for the King of the Jews. Um, And I think they're quite unlikely visitors to a fairly insignificant, seemingly Jewish family in a small town in Roman-occupied Israel. Um, there were wise men, magi, scholars, um, some people might have called them, and they're from far away in the east. Now we had Bishop Lee here this morning talking about this passage as well at the 10. And um, I learned loads about the passage, it was really helpful. So Bishop Lee says it's probably from Arabia. So there's an interesting fact for you. Um, Now, these wise men, these scholars, they were probably doing all right, actually. Um, They're probably well respected, they're probably quite happy, they had very important jobs, um, reading books and stargazing. I think that's basically what their jobs were. Um, They probably had quite a lot of money, the gifts they give to Jesus are quite expensive. Um, They probably had colleagues who were nice to them and respected them, were kind to them. And yet there's a sense that these wise men, these Magi weren't satisfied with that. They were searching the skies, looking at the stars for something meaningful, for something more. And when they saw a star, when they found out that a new king was being born, found out that Jesus was coming, they went on a journey, hundreds and hundreds of miles. They left everything and went on this extraordinary journey um, to find him, and God was with them on this journey. God spoke to them. I'm gonna go through three ways that God was with them. Um, firstly, he was with them in the everyday. Now, their everyday is not the same as my everyday, but their everyday was stars, you know, and that's, that's one of the things that they did every day. They looked at the stars, tracked what was happening, and God spoke to them in their everyday stuff. And um, Stephen, who I used to go to church with one year, around this time of year, downloaded like an amazing computer program on his computer, which like had mathematically worked out and put all the algorithms in where every star was in the night sky from anywhere in the earth at any period in time. So you could like slide the slider back in time and choose your place on the planet. And it would show you what the night sky looked like for any time. So you could like say, right, Caff's house in Swindon on the... I know, the, the night they landed on the moon for the first time. My house actually wasn't there, it was a farm. But um, you could look at the sky. What did the sky look like? Anyway, so he did this around this time. Spent a long time um, one Christmas playing with this program and trying to work out what on earth the Magi had seen. So he reckoned it was Venus and Jupiter. Other people reckon it might have been Saturn. There's a comet, possible comment in the writing. I, um, stars is not my thing. I don't know about stars. But the wise men did know about stars, and God was with them in their stargazing, God was with them in their everyday, in what they were just doing, their average day, God was with them and speaking to them. And many of you will know that God's with you in your everyday. Many will know God with you in your walk at work, Many of you will know God's with you in your time at school, maybe in your books and stargazing. We don't do stargazing in school, do we? No, but whatever you gaze at in school, God's with you in that. Um, many of you know as you practice music or as you listen to music or as you train for sport or as you do the things that you love doing, um, you're learning more about God as you do that. God's with you in that. You're becoming the person who God's made you to be as you do that. Maybe you're connecting with God in podcasts and books and um, I don't know in social media and the news. I've, God's been really speaking to me about in the news this week. God's been really with me as I've read the news this week. I've been prompted by God about some of the difficult stuff that's been happening. God is with us in our everyday stuff. And um, 12 years ago, my everyday was working in a nursery school, um, and God really spoke to me. God really was with me in the period that I worked at this nursery school. I'd started. Um, the job in the September um, having finished a, a, a course of study that I was actually really exhausted from um, studying at uni I was following Jesus at that time and I'd committed to following Jesus at the time but I didn't quite know what that meant I didn't know quite know where that was going I was feeling some anxiety actually about that as well about what God was calling me to um, and so I got this random job in a nursery just my friend's mum was looking for someone to help in her nursery and I was like Okay, well I need a job. Great, so I had this six week job in the nursery and I learned so much. I was completely untrained. My job, my um, course at uni was nothing to do with childcare. It was no use at all. Actually, it was. I, I did um, civil engineering at uni and I was amazing at um, Brio Train. Like, absolutely amazing at it. And um, we had like incredible like, you know, loops and curves and bridges and stuff. It was marvelous. Um, anyway, apart from that, I had no training in childcare. Um, And God just taught me so much from just doing everyday life with these children, getting to know these precious people and getting to sit around and play with trains and read the same story I don't know how many times and um, kind of waste time a little bit, but it's not wasted because God's in it and God was teaching about who I was. Um, I learned loads about play. I think I'd forgotten how to play. I was so tired from like sort of grown-up study that I'd forgotten that actually I was God's child. And like I just learned so much from God. So the six weeks passed, and then I went on a bit of a holiday. And then actually, I, was, I wasn't expecting to come back, but I was enjoying it so much, and God was so with me in it. I actually finished the whole year. I did a whole year there in the end, and I loved it. And God was so with me in the everyday and then later, I did study theology. Um, I'm a church leader here, associate leader here. And um, I got to study theology. And I managed to use my everyday that. And I managed to actually write a full theology essay all about play on the back of God really speaking to me through this experience in nursery. And I was like, great, I'm going to find out about play and theology and God and how God's made us to be his children to be playful people and how it helps us with the discipleship. It was how it helps us to follow God. Anyway, I highly recommend finding God in your everyday it it was it was glorious Um, and God is with you in your everyday just like he was with the wise men as they looked at the stars he's with us in our everyday stuff maybe as you're studying maybe as you're playing whatever that looks like for you Um, maybe as you're working as you're caring for the people around you caring for the stuff around you maybe in the the films that you're watching in all those social media things that you're engaging with Um, sometimes all this stuff can distract us from God And I recognize that, but actually sometimes God's really in it, and he's really showing us um, where he is and what he's doing through that. So God can be with us in the everyday, just as he was with the wise men in the everyday. Secondly, God was with the wise men through the Bible, and um, the wise men didn't know exactly where they were going, Um, The star disappears for a while, actually. They go to Jerusalem, um, because they didn't know exactly where they're going, so they went to Jerusalem to find the Roman king. It's probably quite a good guess if a new king's been born. The Roman king's quite a good guess. Unfortunately, Herod didn't have a clue about this new king, and it sent him off on a spiral of not very niceness. Um, So Herod turned to the Jewish leaders and said, okay, well, do you know anything about a new king? And the Jewish leaders turned to the Bible, turned to the Scriptures. Um, And the scriptures have a clue. It's going to be Bethlehem from this passage from Micah, this book in the Old Testament. Um, And there's actually 300 things about Jesus' life, predicted, well, sort of prophesied, written in the Old Testament, that's fulfilled by Jesus. 300 different things. This Bethlehem one's just one of them. Um, And some of you will have experienced God speaking to you through the Bible. Some of you will experience a bit like these people, this one verse has been so meaningful, um, that sense that God's with you, you've, you've got something from him because of his word. Um, the Bible app, the Version Bible app, which is downloaded by millions and millions of people across the world, I highly recommend it. Um, just do one verse a day, they have a different verse every day, I have a nice picture next to it. An opportunity to let one verse speak to you, just like one verse um, spoke to these wise men, God was with them through the Bible. Um, the wise men are actually not even familiar in the Bible. They're, they're good at stars and other books, but they obviously didn't know the Bible because they had to go to Herod and then go to the Jewish teachers. And that's, I think that's really encouraging, really reassuring for me, as I'd love to be better at reading the Bible. I'd love to know more. I'd love to um, be deeper into it. But actually, you don't have to be an expert to hear God through the Bible. You don't have to be an expert to experience God with you through the Bible. You just need to have a go. Maybe you just need to ask the right questions. Um, I heard a story about a man called Earl Smith, um, who grew up with a far too much money, and by the age of 30, he had taken so many drugs that he'd ended up in hospital extremely ill. And while he was in hospital, someone came to him and gave him a New Testament. So that's the second half of the Bible, um, Jesus onwards. Um, and he thought, this is amazing, because Bibles, because they've got a lot of pages, the pages are really thin, and um, he saw these thin pages and thought, fantastic, this will be perfect for rolling cigarettes, for rolling joints, just like Rizzlers are like really thin. Bible so he started like ripping the pages out of the Bible um, to roll his cigarettes. Um, so Matthew went, Mark went, Luke went, and then he got to John and instead of smoking it, he decided to read it. And actually, in reading the Bible, his life was completely transformed. He experienced God's present with him, presence with him. Experienced God with him on his journey, and he became a Christian and um, is doing amazing things with Jesus. And um, but it was because of the Scripture, because of the Bible, that God was with him and spoke to him. Um, I'm sure some of you are already reading the Bible regularly. Some of you have got all the apps already pinging you and helping you um, engage with God's Word. Um, there's a, actually there's a brand new um, youth Bible in one year. Em's been like posting it on Instagram. Um, brand new thing um, app and loads of Instagram stuff. If you're interested in that sort of thing, really good. Um, but maybe you're like the wise men and actually you you don't necessarily want to do it on your own. You want to journey with someone else in it. You want to um, have a go with someone else reading reading the Bible, experiencing God, we've um, been slowly starting pattern groups at Pattern Church. So people who have done Alpha, who have journeyed with a group through Alpha and want to keep meeting, have been meeting as a pattern group and they've been reading the Bible together and praying together and and having a lot of fun as well along the way and journeying with each other so they can say, okay, so this is what God's been saying to me. This is how God's been with me this week as I've been reading the Bible, as I've been praying, as I've been with God, God's been with me in the everyday. It's not always easy. Sometimes the Bible feels quite daunting. There's the, thin, the pages are thin because there's lots of pages. But actually, we just need to have a go. We don't need to be experts like the wise men. We just need to have a go. So God was with them in there every day. He was with them through the Bible. And he was with them in relationship as well. The end of their journey ended with Jesus. They got to meet Jesus. They were overjoyed when they saw the star again. That sense of joy as Jesus meets with them on their journey. The joy of being with God. And they respond in worship. They respond of giving Jesus the best that they have and praising him. Um, Jesus was their destination in many ways. I mean, God was with them on the journey, but Jesus was the end of the journey in this journey. But for us, um, Jesus is with us on the journey as well. He's not just the destination, but he's on the journey with us as well. He's with us for the whole of 2020. Um, We have the Holy Spirit with us. We're living in a post-Pentecost reality when God gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit. We don't just have to see Jesus um, in heaven. We can have Jesus with us right now through the Holy Spirit. Um, We can have his presence with us, his power to heal and transform our lives and to bring us joy and hope and peace. Now, anyone who's watched Frozen 2 will know that not all journeys are straightforward. Um, and for the wise men, I actually haven't watched the whole of Frozen 2. I watched like the first hour and 10 minutes of Frozen 2 and then the small person that I went to Frozen 2 we didn't want to watch the rest because it was scary. So don't tell me what happens at the end because I've still got to catch up on the last 40 minutes of Frozen 2. Anyway, but those of you who have managed to see the whole of Frozen 2, I understand, will know that the journey has not been easy. Um, And for the wise men, it wasn't an easy journey. They didn't know where they were going. They had this murderous King Herod to deal with. And they had to go a long way on camels. We assume they're on camels. Would you like to see a picture of me dressed as a wise man on a camel? Do it. Let's do it. Is it coming? Oh, it's the most terrible picture in the world. You can't see anything. Right, turn it off. Um, I once dressed as a wise man on a camel. Forget that. Um, (laughs) I don't know what you're looking into 2020. Maybe you're looking into 20, and actually it doesn't feel like it's gonna be an easy journey. It doesn't feel like it's gonna be necessarily filled with all all good things. Um, maybe there's some heavy stuff from last year that's still hanging around you. Maybe there's heavy stuff from the last few years that hanging around you. Um, maybe you know there's some tough stuff coming up. I've got two friends having big operations this week. There's some tough stuff coming up for them, unknown stuff coming up for them. Um, Maybe 2020 is an important year for you. You've got exams to make, you've got t- exams to do, you've got decisions to make. I've got a number of friends, I think we've got four weddings this year so far and counting. Lots of people making big decisions, exciting years, but sometimes that can be daunting. Um, Or maybe you're just tired, like me. Actually, I'm not really ready to hit the routine again. December was long and hard, and um, maybe all of last year was hard. Maybe you've been tired for a long time. Maybe there's other reasons that you're cautious about 2020. Um, There's one other part of the Bible that I've been reminded about in the past few weeks, which is written hundreds of years before Jesus was born, before the Romans were in charge, a few hundred years before that, the Babylonians were in charge. And um, God spoke to another prophet called Isaiah about um, the hope that God offered to the people who were longing for God to do something about the Babylonians. And he wrote in Isaiah 43, this has been my little passage as I've been thinking about the new year, dragging myself into the new year. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland that sense of God making a way in the world of us. It doesn't feel like there's an obvious path, like the wise man. We don't necessarily know exactly where we're going. We don't have our itinerary planned out every single day. He's making a way for us, and he's giving us streams in the wasteland. um, Where things are dry, he's given us water. Um, I do like gardening. Now, historically, I haven't ever been able to keep anything alive in a pot. I basically... Garden in partnership with the rain, and the rain like does the watering, and I just sort of like potter around, looking like I like gardening. Um, but I have recently got interested in house plants. I was looking around my house and thinking, what could make this a bit more pleasant? Maybe a house plant. Other people can do house plants. Maybe I can do house plants. The staff team at Patton Church really kind. We of got a house plant for my birthday back in October. Really exciting, beautiful house plant. And um, now it looks like this. Well, it used to look like this. Hang on, let's have the first picture. Oh, it's gonna be another terrible picture, isn't it? Okay, let's try it, let's try it. It used to look beautiful, and now... <laughs> it actually doesn't look much better than that, I've gotta be honest. Like, this is my like dead plant, dead or dying plant collection on my kitchen. And it's just awful, like it's got three leaves left, and it just looks really sad. Okay, turn that off, that's terrible. Um, <laughs> Turns out the plants need watering. This plant, actually, didn't come with instructions, but I've since done a lot of Googling, and it doesn't just need watering. It needs, like, misting three times a week. You have to, like, spray it on the leaves. It basically needs to be in a rainforest, not in my house. Um, Anyway, I'm going to keep trying with it. I've got hope. It's all good. Um, But it turns out plants need water, and God promises um, to his people in Isaiah that he will bring water in the wilderness. He'll bring streams in the wasteland, in the desert. Um, The desert's all right for camels and cactuses and things that don't need like misting three times a week, um, but actually we're not camels. We're not camels. We can't live for long periods of time without God's presence. We can't live for long periods of time without his life-giving water. We need God with us. Just like the wise men had God with them on their journey, that relationship with God when they finally got to meet Jesus. We've got Jesus with us on our journey every day, by our side, and we need him with us. We need to connect with Jesus. We need to have a relationship with him. He's the one who's gonna keep us alive, not like my plants. He's the one who's gonna keep us joyful. He's going to keep us going when we're looking at this long year ahead, another 360 days of it. Um, He's going to be like that water that keeps those plants alive. Um, He's going to turn our journey through 2020, which maybe feels like a bit of a challenge at the moment for some of us. He's going to turn it into an adventure, an opportunity, um, where we're going to grow. We're going to be fully alive in him. We're going to have hope and joy. We're going to see our lives improve. We're going to see the lives of the people around us improve we're going to see swindon transformed we're going to see good news happening across our town we're going to see people around us meeting jesus for the first time we're going to see um healing and reconciliation in relationships restoration for families who are broken um with the bbc news this week we might see god shifting stuff on a global scale how amazing would that be how exciting is that if we've got the living water in us we can be part of that um We'll see anxiety reduced. We'll see justice happening. We'll see peace. Um, one of my friends from my previous church, Alice, um, started coming to our church with a friend. She just um, brought her along, firstly to kind of some of our family fun day stuff, and then she started coming on a Sunday. And she was new to Face She Later, did do Alpha. We run Alpha. We're starting on the 22nd of um, January. And... Um, way to explore the Christian faith, Um, but she had lots of challenges, challenges around um, relationships, challenges around family, around finance, around addiction, around housing, loads of challenges and she had time that was where she was really close to God and times where she felt really far away from God and she always says she felt different when she was connected in, when she was connected in with God, when she was connected in with God's family coming to church when she was in relationship with him, she felt different at those times. She was always glad when she came back, always glad when she sort of turned around and came back to God because we need God with us. We need his Holy Spirit. And he promises that he's going to be there with us. Maybe part of you today is feeling a bit thirsty. Um, maybe some of you need reminding today that you're not a camel. We can't go for long periods of time without Jesus. We can't go on this journey without God with us. Um, God's with you on the journey and he can do a new thing. See, I'm doing a new thing away in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. He can bring rest and refreshment and joy. So coming to a close, first question, how are you feeling about 2020? One to think about, how are you feeling about 2020? Maybe um, you don't know where you're at with 2020. You're doing one day at a time. Maybe you're doing one week at a time. Maybe you've got a rough plan. You've got some, some key dates in place. You started to think about school holidays and you've started to think about, I don't know, job applications or whatever it might be. Um, maybe you really need a full detailed plan and that's not where you're at at the moment. But however you're feeling about 2020, today is an opportunity to remember that God is with us in it. He's with us in the everyday, in the morning alarm, in whatever we're doing in the morning, in the meals in the caring for our neighbours, in the study. He's in all of that. He's with us through the Bible. We've got the Bible available to us at any time. He's with us, ready to speak to us, ready to encourage us. And he's with us personally through his Holy Spirit. We can have that relationship with God. Imagine if we were journeying with Jesus right by our side this year. Imagine if we ended this year, we can just about see it in the distance, 360 days. Imagine if we ended these 360 days so much closer to God than we are at the moment. Um, Imagine if we knew, we had the confidence that God was right with us on our journey, speaking to us in all those different ways. We had joy on our journey, like the wise men, they were overjoyed to see the star. They worshipped Jesus out of that joy. Imagine we knew God was with us in those difficult parts of the journey that we saw change and growth in those challenges. Imagine if we saw Swindon transformed by Jesus this year.